0: I'm winding down and on oh, the fade is good at the buzzer. The Milwaukee Bucks stun the Knicks, on oh, the last second game winner by Giannis and then a couple. What is going on, Bucks fans? Episode 53 of the Bucks Leading Radio, and as always, it's your boy Jacob's here on the microphone, bringing some hot takes and some great talks about the Bucks. Before I introduce my guest today, I want to talk to you about Audible, because I'm going to give you a free Audible trial that is 30 days free with a free audio book. Maybe there's a book you've been wanting to read, but you just can't find the time this is the time to do it for free, because then you can listen to it in your car, while you're working out, whatever else you want to do, or whenever you want to do it. That's the beauty of audiobooks. So if you want to take advantage of this awesome opportunity, go to www.audibletrial.com slash BucksLeadingRadio. So that'll help the podcast out, it'll help me out, and honestly, it'll probably help you out. So give it a try. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com slash BucksLeadingRadio. All right, so my guest today, my good friend Derek Starr, the doctor, is in the house. What's up, dude?
1: What's up, my brother? Um, yeah, Audible is amazing. I'm a huge fan, so I'm definitely going to back you up with that. And uh, I'm stoked to talk about some Bucks basketball because not only have we recently clinched the playoffs, which is incredible, but we made a couple moves yesterday. Yeah, some Woj
0: bombs got dropped uh, as I was leaving the office yesterday. Um, but let's start with the biggest thing, and that is the Bucks clinched a playoff spot on March 1st. They are number one in the NBA at 48-14. and 14. This is the complete turnaround from, I think, three years ago when they went like 14. We had 14 wins the whole season. So it, how does it feel? Is it like it's just so rewarding and honestly kind of validating my fandom of the Bucks? because, you know, you go through all those tough seasons. Benno Udra is your backup point guard. Brandon Jennings is running the team. Um, you know, from your perspective, like how, like, it's just
1: awesome, right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's surreal. It's all happened really quick. You know, I think if I went back and listened to all of our podcasts that we've recorded together in the past year or so, you know, we, we anticipated this happening, but I think we were talking more like 2020, 2021, even 2022 being when we were finally thinking you know what we might be the best team in the east well we we might be the best team in the nba uh so it's really special time to be a bucks fan and just just in wisconsin in general you know the brewers packers badgers bucks everybody has an exciting product and i think that's really good for our culture and our economy
0: no it's great honestly and I think surreal is the best word because like, and I completely agree with you. Like when we talked about it, we were always like, like, especially last season, cause we were underperforming a little bit. You know, we had the head coaching debacle and we were like, yeah, you know, maybe in two seasons to get a head coach in here, you get a couple of a season under their belt. Uh, but it seems like it's happened so much faster than anybody really expected. And it's like you said, great for our state, the city. Uh, people want to come play in Milwaukee, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Uh and, and even if some of the national media may be snubbing us, it's still awesome because we know how good we are.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm perfectly okay with being sleepers, the team that's outed. People can keep talking about how we haven't won a playoff series since um uh, whenever the last one was. And I'm two thousand one. Two thousand one. Wow. I was gonna say two thousand nine, so it's been even longer. Uh yes. So I, I'm, I'm cool with it. I like to be in that role. It's much better to be in that role than, say, somebody like LeBron, where the expectation is you're always in the finals. And if you aren't, then you get ridiculed, right? Like, you, you don't necessarily want that kind of pressure on you.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I think that's also like when we started this season, you know, we went seven and O to start We were the last undefeated team in the NBA. There was a lot of pressure on us right there. And then obviously after we got that first loss to Boston, I kind of felt some relief because a lot of the pressure was taken off. And I don't think there, I don't see that with this team. I see it because like, uh, I feel like we're overperforming kind of mainly just based on the expectations that I had for this team going into this year. You know, I expected a solid season. I uh, expected a jump in wins, obviously, due to Mike Budenholzer, another year of Giannis's growth, and as well as everybody else on the team, such as Brogdon, the young guys growing. But wow, I mean, this jump has been exponential. The East was open for the taking now that LeBron left, and it honestly was kind of perfect timing. But um, let's just jump right into some of these hot topics that we mentioned. Freaking Pau Gasol! So this bomb dropped it like. Beyond, 4 p.m. I, it didn't make any sense to me. What? Like, so Paul Gasol is getting bought out by the Spurs and tends to sign with the Bucks. So we don't have any detail on the contract he's getting, uh, or even, you know, anything on that from a details perspective, except for the fact that he's coming to the Bucks, taking that last rest, last roster spot, excuse mm-hmm. me. Uh, but Derek, what do you, like, what, I, what do you think?
1: Well, I, so I haven't done a ton of research on that move either. It was shocking to me. So, I know yesterday i was at work and at one point i saw a tweet about how the spurs bought pow out but this was prior to finding out that the bucks had signed him and to be quite frank that thought didn't even cross my mind although at the trade deadline i was well aware that we needed to add another big and that was definitely something i was hoping to do even though i saw his name i didn't think that you know horse is going to make this move but i should have known right Anytime horse has an opportunity to make a splash, he has done it, and it's just incredible what he's done over these past couple of seasons. Uh,
0: I liked my friend texted me uh, that the Raptors signed a Gasol, so we had two too. That's like a chess <laughs> move. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I never so I mean when I saw the tweet, it was all at once. So like Woj tweeted, you know, it was all together that he was coming here, and it was kind of threw me for a loop. I didn't get it. Um, so I mean, Paul Gasol's stats this season—he's you know averaging twelve minutes a game, averaging four points per game. I mean, we're not getting him for—I don't think any on-court <laughs> um, magic, nope. I guess you could say. And he's thirty-eight; um, he's not, he's older. But I think you know you really like him for the experience that he can bring. He is an NBA champion. He's been on some great teams in the past. And uh, can provide that veteran leadership that I think we lost when, you know, we lost guys like Jason Terry and uh, Jared Dudley, a couple of names that just popped into my head there. So, you know, that that, that is something that is important and underrated, I believe, uh, in the NBA and in some sports in general, because to get to an NBA championship, it's just a different feeling, and it doesn't happen every year, uh, evidenced by the fact that only like 10 teams have ever won it. So, yeah, I totally you know, agree. A I leadership there, is the one of the mind for me really as good.
1: well. Uh, I'm not quite sure where Jared Dudley came from there. I think he played for us in like 2014 15, but. Uh, <laughs> At one point, he played for the Bucks, and he was old. I hey, agree. He was a veteran guy on the team, all right? <laughs> but yeah, Paul's going to be a great locker room presence, <laughs> and he's going to be somebody that can mentor some of these younger guys. That's a, that's a key part of it also. Horst and Bud, they both know what they're doing. It's It's more than just, like you said, points and rebounds and minutes on the floor. These guys spend pretty much their entire day together. Right. And that's from waking up and shoot around and eating meals in the locker room and everything. So it's a culture move.
0: Yeah, and I think Powell is one of the guys who I feel like is widely respected in the NBA because there's not a lot of drama surrounding his name. Um, He's not been, he's never been a locker room cancer. And again, you know, we kind of talked about it already. won a championship played on some great teams and, as you said, can provide that leadership. So, again, overall good move. I think that's really going to help springboard us this playoff uh, time when, you know, I we're going to lose a playoff game. It's going to happen. And having a guy in there being like, this is all right. You know, this is how you bounce back. This is how you should look at it. Um, or, you know, this is what you guys are going to need to do. This is how you should prep for these games. Yada, yada, yada. I'm not in the locker room. I don't know how that goes. But, again, I think it's a solid move by Horst. Let's talk about another move that he made that kind of surprised me as well because it came out of nowhere, and that is Eric Bledsoe's re-signing four-year, $70 million deal contract extension. I think extension. it's a brilliant
1: move. I came think, out of freaking nowhere. again, how many uh, times what do you think we about talk this? about this? But we really got him at a discount on this if you really think about it. Um, so a cool stat that I, I read earlier today is that Bledsoe has really, really improved his efficiency even though his scoring is down. He's risen from – uh, the mid to high teens to number six point guards in the league for ESPN's plus-minus, the real plus-minus, which basically tells you that he's you know more or less like a, a top five, if not top like eight point guard in the league, and he's probably going to be getting paid like uh, the number fifteen point guard when you look at his annual salary next season and moving forward. so It seems like he kind of took a discount to, to stay in Milwaukee and. And it makes sense because he's really come into his own. And I think he sees the potential of being with the Bucks. Yeah.
0: I mean, a couple of things to add on to that. I mean, he's been quoted saying, you know, he loves Milwaukee. He feels at home here. You can see it in his demeanor. Uh, obviously Phoenix was a terrible experience for him and uh, there was a lot of drama around that. We don't need to talk about that, but, you know, coming to a place like Milwaukee, I feel like the, City really embraced him when he got here last season. Even though he had a rough playoff series against the Celtics, he even come out, came out and admitted that you know it was kind of his fault that we lost and that he didn't play well, which I respected a lot when I saw the article because I think self-awareness is key in, in life. So to just look back and say, yeah, hey, I messed up my bad guys. Like I'm trying to do better. And you can see it on the court. He's become a lot more unselfish. Uh, he fits the system really well, so I think that's another reason why he he agreed to extend his contract here. Uh, and I also think he sees the potential. Everybody wants a ring. Giannis is a freaking unicorn and is a player of a lifetime. So you know to see that uh, happen, it's awesome, and I'm I'm really happy we got him again. As you said, at a discount. Uh, One thing I think is interesting is that this ended a lot of debates that I've had on this podcast, I've seen on Twitter, and that's who do you re-sign first come this offseason? You know, it's because we have four guys. We had four guys that were going to be free agents in Bledsoe, Chris, Brogdon, and Lopez. Now, obviously, Bledsoe re-signed. It's just down to three. And honestly, I don't think I saw anybody say that Bledsoe was the number one guy to re-sign. So do you think that this was just the right opportunity um, maybe Bledsoe is betting on himself, you know, like, hey, let's just get this deal done. I don't so want to So that's kind it of a loaded what question, about but the fact my that thought the is guy it takes pressure off
1: of him. So especially when the postseason comes around, it's not like he thinks he's playing for a contract, you know, so now he can really just stay within himself and play the game the way he's been playing. I think that's definitely one factor of the equation. I think it's probably something logistically where horse and, and company were talking to Bledsoe and his agent, and things just got rolling. And it's not that we prioritize him over Brogdon or K-Mid, I think they're all kind of in the same tier, right right behind Giannis. But I think it's just a timing thing, and most things in life are timing, and it just ended up working out. And I think that it's brilliant, because as I stated right away, it takes pressure off of him. He knows he's got that job security, and we all know what it feels like to have security, rather than wondering what we're going to be doing in two to three months—kind of like my life right now. <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, well, a little pushback on that play devil's advocate here. You know, do you think that that could hurt him because he's yeah. not playing for a contract anymore? you know i think you'll see a lot of players play their yep. best when they're in their contract years because they think want be that money i mean we're the best team now, in basketball, kind of without the carrot and stick we've lost, what, do you think 14 game games this
1: year or something like that it's not like he's going to just take the pedal off the metal because he got paid i mean if i'm concerned about anything it would be his off season work maybe not as having as much motivation there to be grinding and staying in shape because it's like hey man i got my I got my money um it's in the bag but uh, in regards to this season, I don't think there's any reason to be concerned about him uh, taking the pedal off the metal because he's just an all up kind of guy. You see it on the offensive end and you see it on the defensive end. And I, I, honestly, he looks like a middle linebacker. The dude is yoked. And, and it's, it's just incredible to have uh, a guy that, that is so strong and tough like that <laughs> kind of helping to bring that grit to the team.
0: Yeah, it's a good description. I I will be interested to see in the next few games how his play is because I'm not totally convinced that his play will not decline a bit due to the fact that he signed his contract because I think that subconsciously that's in his head while he was playing earlier this season. Hey, I'm in a contract year. Uh, You know, he hasn't had a great overall career. This is one of his best seasons ever. So I think some of it, we'll see. I'm interested to see. I, I hope it doesn't get worse and I hope he, you know, continues to play hard, but uh, I I was more worried when it came to talking about who you were going to resign versus who you don't. I was more worried. We were going to overpay Bledsoe because of the way he was playing this year, which we've had to do in the past to keep guys in Milwaukee. Uh, and uh, ironically enough, as we talked about people want to play here, so we don't actually need to like overpay them to stay in Milwaukee. So to get him in this deal, I thought was it. it we're like, can we start construction on that horse statue, please? Because, I mean, the moves that he has, he's made mm. so far have been awesome. I mean, unloading two terrible contracts in Henson and Delavadova, you know, making solid pickups, re-signing Bledsoe. You know, it's it's a it's, it's honestly amazing yep. what he's been able to do in his first season as GM Correct. or second and do you season remember as GM. The first sorry, big move uh, that he made without
1: Jason Kidd there and uh, trading for Bledsoe. it's just crazy. It was early in his first season. He, he traded for Bledsoe, and I was it came out of nowhere. And I remember when I heard that news, because honestly, I've yeah. always been a big Bledsoe fan because he's just an exciting player to watch. And I've always known that he had the talent and yeah, maybe he was a little volatile with the Suns, but who the hell wouldn't be volatile when you have a new coach every six months and the turnover with that roster, you know, it's kind of ridiculous. So um, yeah, I think uh, I'm all in on the horse statue and the thing is he's just getting started, man. He's so young and, and he's a, he's a really really cool guy so i'm <laughs> i'm really really thankful we've got him we've got david Stearns with the brewers we've got Kuntz from um uw lacrosse actually he's a sport management graduate there as well so we we both graduated from the same program and i'm just the leadership for all these organizations is just incredible
0: Yeah, no, that's funny. I didn't even re- I didn't even remember that that was his Correct. first move because uh, and even that was kind of a steal trade because we gave up like Monroe and like a second rounder for him, and uh, so like that's it's kind of funny looking back at that. I remember when that happened as well. Uh, <laughs> but geez, yeah, I mean let's let's start that freaking construction. Uh, so I mean last mm-hmm. night um, on that statue. Uh, so last night was a great, solid game for the Bucks. I think overall the team. No, the Lakers aren't the best team in the NBA. There's some talent there. Obviously, LeBron's on it. To get that win, I think, is overall solid. But the biggest takeaway, I think, was we saw a great performance from our bench, and some guys came in. Uh, one thing I've seen some talk on Twitter about I want to get your thoughts on, and that's Bud's seemingly unrelenting faith in Ursan Ilyasova, getting him a lot of minutes, um, playing him in crunch time maybe not giving DJ the minutes that he could be having. So what's your take on Ursan Do you like that? Yeah, I've seen a little He's bit out of that on Twitter lot. as well. What are you seeing from him? Um, you know, when Ersan's making seven Bud's million a, a year
1: or whatever it is, there's this dynamic between a coach and a GM where when the GM makes a move and is paying somebody, the coach probably feels a little bit of pressure to, to put that guy in the game because if not, it maybe makes the GM look like, hey, that was a waste of money. So I think that might be playing into the equation. But I also think that Urson is a, is a quality player. And I tweeted this out last summer after the signing when a lot of people were complaining. But I thought it was a fair deal. You get a guy who can hit threes uh, relatively consistently. He'll rebound hard, especially offensively. Uh, plays his tail off. And, and once again, you talk about leadership. Somebody who's been around the block, that's Urson. DJ's a little bit more of a wild card. And as much as I love DJ and and you kind of got me uh hooked on him, honestly, because you started talking about him a couple months ago, but I I am not in the um, I'm not on the side of saying that DJ should be playing over Ursan. I think that we we're not rebuilding. So if we were rebuilding and we weren't playing well, then yeah, you play DJ, but right now we're actually shooting first. Yeah,
0: so I think, well, I think the signing of Ersan was not just horse. So, so they, I mean, to your point connection. about horse yep. signing him and right. Bud feeling the pressure. I mean, Ersan, he played with Ersan back in Atlanta, so mm-hmm. uh, they've had some history. Yeah, so I think that's part of it, and Coach Bud was, like, uh, quoted after last night's game, you know, talking about how he is, you know, we have a lot of faith in him, you know, we have the history, blah, 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 and I think that, like, as fans, we can look out there and, you know – Person had a slump in the middle of the season. He's kind of come out of that now, uh, and he he is a menace out there. Great charge taker. I mean, you cannot take a every single
1: game, man. Every game he's throwing <laughs> charges, and he tried to draw one last night on LeBron. I thought they were they were <laughs> going to call it, but of course, they don't ever call anything on LeBron. But Person uh, had a great game uh, last night against the Lakers. Too. I mean, he did. He did, he did. And, and steals twelve points. Yeah,
0: I mean, he was a pest on LeBron last night. Um, which helps <laughs> on any game. But I think you I think as fans, like I get that people like I think it's just it's in our nature to complain or look for problems I agree. or agree drama to talk about. So yes. I think if that's the problem, then that's fine. Um, but I also think that as a as a fan base, you know, we gotta have some trust in Coach Bud. Look what he's done already. If he sees what he sees in Ersan and playing him out there, mm-hmm. we got the win last night, so yeah. it couldn't have been the wrong move. And uh I don't know. I just like let him play. Yeah. I love
1: Turkish Thunder. Too. I think it, I mean, so I may be a little biased, but that's just me. Um, I've always been a huge fan of Ersan, and, and I was so excited when I saw that he was coming back to Milwaukee last summer. So, hey, here's a fun stat for you. For all the people out there that think DJ should be playing over Ursan, who had the best plus minus last night? It was Ersan. He was plus 18 in 24 minutes. So he's making a big, big impact. Um, and also a stop that I really like, with is player efficiency rating. Urson's not great. He's at like 12.6. But DJ's at a 10. So he's he's got a higher score there, too. So the data also would back up Urson over
0: D. Uh Doing a little fact check here. Yep, you're right. <laughs> From last night's game. Uh, pulled up the box score. I know, I'm wrong. Right. Uh, also, uh, Nikola Mirotic having a solid string of games here with the Bucks. What a pickup that was! I love that addition. Incredible, he just adds a different dynamic to this bench. And with his size, his uh, three-point shooting ability, and like he's kind of doing what everybody thought. Obviously, we all knew it was a great trade, but like it's just great to see it. I think you know what I mean.
1: Oh, absolutely, man! Yeah, I that that was such a surprise too on the trade deadline day to see Mirotic coming to the bus. One of my buddies here in Lawrence Kansas is from Portland, so he was really hoping the Blazers were going to make a splash and there were rumors that we're going to, but uh, ultimately, obviously we, we made that move and flipped on for Stanley Johnson and then Stanley Johnson for Nikola. And my goodness, is he just a kind of guy who hits a big shot right when you need him. And how many guys on this team just kind of thrive on that pressure? It's really, really cool.
0: Yeah, no, and that's exactly it. Um, It's great points about Nikola there. Uh, yeah, I just, it's, it's just amazing to me that the bucks are just as good as they are. Like I'm still, I understand we have open the freaking podcast with it, but, uh, it's just great. The bench is so deep. Like everybody talks mm-hmm. about, Oh, free Christian Wood or, you know, that, the, and, and, and the wiser song getting so many minutes, like that is a great problem to have to sit there and have people saying, well, why isn't DJ playing? Why isn't Sterling Brown playing? Why isn't planet Pat playing? So to have so many guys to go to, I think is going to be amazing going into this playoff run. Uh, and w- honestly, what some other teams are lacking. <coughs> cough, cough, Philadelphia. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> let's, Shots fired. Shots fired on that freaking terrible team. Not terrible, but... Uh, I
1: love it. So, yeah, tumult- tumultuous. Tumultuous.
0: Uh, let's just briefly discuss the lack of national media coverage on the Bucks because I think like, I, we touched on it earlier in this podcast, but I want to bring it up again because it's something I can p- repeatedly see on Twitter, Bucks fans complaining about it or just commenting on it, like how can you put Boston over us, blah, blah, blah. You said you like to be slept on. You said you kind of like to be that underdog going into it. But at mm-hmm. a certain point right now, we're trending to be the number one seed going into the playoffs. We have the best record in the NBA. At some level, we're not going to be slept on by the other teams so, what do you think it is about national media that they just do not want to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks or even how good they are and rate the Raptors and Boston and sometimes even Philly over us? Like, does that bother you? Because um, it kind of makes me a little angry. But let's well, get your let take me on. be
1: clear about this. I don't think other teams are sleeping on the Bucks. I think other teams know exactly what they're getting anytime they face Milwaukee, and that's uh, one of the most talented, well-coached, disciplined teams in the NBA. So with that said, the media, (laughs) they don't give us the respect that we deserve because we're Wisconsin, to be honest. Nobody nobody necessarily respects Wisconsin. We're a smaller state. Uh, We don't have a city like New York or Chicago or L.A. Uh, And as a result, we're not going to make as much money for the NBA if we're in the finals in the same way that the Brewers – um, weren't able to drive as much dollars when we were in the NLCS or the Packers or when we were in Super Bowl. It's just the way that it is. So the media is going to go where the dollars are. So they're going to continue to sell stories about Zion Williamson and and LeBron and and you know all those kinds of storylines. And and that's okay. They can keep doing that because, as I mentioned, I like being the dark horse. I like having a chip on my shoulder. That's the way that I live my life. And I think it's just kind of uh, almost the Wisconsin character.
0: That's uh, all, all good points, and honestly, I agree with them all. I think the one asterisk is that the Packers are a bit different because we point. have fans yeah, everywhere. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you on the Bucks and the Brewers. It makes me angry when, like, I, wa- I like I read these things, like, um, you know, Colin Cowherd, you know, sucking Boston stick and all this stuff, when it's, like, almost like you're just flat-out mm-hmm. lying. About sports, like it's fine if you think that Boston's going to do better. You know, my next question is going to be, you know, who are you most afraid of in the playoffs? And honestly, that's Boston for different reasons. But they are not currently better than the Milwaukee Bucks. So if you say that, you're just straight up lying. So that's where I get a little bit upset about it. Um, and and I also don't like when people disregard Giannis's MVP run right now. Like everybody was talking about Paul George for a while there, who. Is having a good season, but not as good as Giannis. I get why Harden is the only competitor right now in that race, but I also still don't believe that he should get it. So, like, it's just it bugs me when people like just flat out ignore the Bucks or ignore what they're Absolutely, doing. Absolutely, Do you know what man, I mean.
1: I totally agree with that. So, um, yeah, you we just got to kind of accept it the way that it is and and embrace it. But uh, just just keep supporting and and staying positive and 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 for the most part, just enjoying this ride because. Like you said, we've been through some real dark years as Milwaukee Bucks basketball fans. And now everything has changed. And, um, yeah, maybe Boston has a few things that can scare us down the road. And the Raptors have Kawhi. And 76ers got JoJo and BB and Ben Simmons and some pieces. But nobody has a collection of talent like the Bucks. The Bucks have the deepest roster in the NBA, uh, fantastic coach, and great health, and youth most most importantly we have youth right these these other teams all don't have the same the same kind of youth as us i guess you could argue that the celtics and 76ers um, are similar in that regard but the raptors certainly don't so the this is kind of we're we're here to stay it's not just a flash in the pan
0: no that's great um yeah, it's just, you got to enjoy it. I mean, watching these games, like last night, I was having a lot of fun. Um, you know, I got real into it. It went down to the wire there and it was entertaining, but Bucks came out with a win and it's just, it's awesome. So I think, you know, I kind of mentioned the next question is, and I'm just going to straight up ask, you know, who are you most afraid of uh, to face in the playoffs?
1: Are you including the Western Conference?
0: No, that's
1: the finals. Let's talk about
0: first couple of rounds into the Eastern Conference Finals. Which team Bro. in any round are you afraid of
1: the most? Nobody. None of them. Okay, no, you have kidding. to be nervous. I'm Come on. I'm kidding. I, well, my honest answer was, you know, obviously going to be the Warriors because it's it's very easy to fear that squad. Um, in the East, it, it's challenging for me to, to really decide on who I think we match up worst with. Um, the 76ers do scare me and i don't know if it's because i'm just a huge jojo fan and believer but it seems to me that teams that have a center who's able to dominate the game offensively defensively those are teams that traditionally have given the bucks issues in the past so maybe maybe that's impacting the way that i look at it but you also mentioned boston and boston and us are kind of rivals at this point i would say after last year's seven game series and I would say that we have the two best coaches in the Eastern Conference. You know, Brad Stevens is a tremendous, tremendous basketball coach. And and Bud is, I would say, right up there with him. So one of those two teams. The Raptors are not in the same league, in my opinion. Interesting. Uh,
0: so I guess to, to answer the question I proposed, you know, my number one I'm afraid of is Boston. Uh, to, you know, provide some detail on that, you know, I'm afraid of them the most. Because they have such an accumulation of talent, like they have an issue where they just don't like each other, basically, and they don't want to play with each other. So I get why they're struggling from an overall elongated season perspective. But when you when you shorten it to seven games, every game matters. These people, you know, these people in the NBA are so competitive that that competitiveness for the for those four quarters will overtake their personal problems. I think, and they will become a force to be reckoned with because Kyrie is amazing, no matter what. And they, no matter what his off the court issues are right now with Boston, he is, you know, a great ball handler. He can show up any night. Uh, and you know, you got guys like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum on there that have shown up. Like they're not having a great season, a little bit of a sophomore slump, if you will, but again, they can show up in the playoffs. Al Hortford has been carrying that team for a while now. He's been very consistent overall this season, always gives the Bucks problems. And, you know, guys like Marcus Smart bring the grit to that team. And as you mentioned, they have Brad Stevens who is probably probably the best coach in the nba with the exception of greg popovich and so that's why i'm most afraid of them if we get into another seven game series with them uh i'm interested to see how we match up with philly uh we haven't played them since they've traded for tobias harris uh so depending on how if we see them i I don't have the schedule in front of me but if we see them before the end of the season i'd be very interested to see how we match up and how we play uh I would say I'm overall more afraid of the Raptors uh, to your point about them not being in the same league than I am Philadelphia only because you got to remember Kawhi has the experience. He's been an NBA champion. He you know, is defensive player of the year. They have Paul Siakam who's had a great season uh, potentially going to get most approved even if uh, you know I think that DJ should get it. So you know overall uh, I think that
1: But yeah, so I was kind of checking out the schedule, and so we've beaten the Raptors three out of four games. Um, We've beat the Celtics two out of three, and we beat the 76ers. So we still have another game with, or two more games with the 76ers. So that'll be really exciting. Those are coming up. But, you know, we've really handled business when we've played against these teams. Our record against um, the, the top teams in the NBA is phenomenal. So for me, there's just not really any reason to fear other teams at all. I think if anything, it's just a matter of staying out of our own way and just continuing to do what we do, playing sure. our game, staying consistent, and trusting the process. I think that's the recipe for the Bucks. And uh, it's kind of crazy, but to this point, we've lost four times in 2019. Like I, I don't think it can be overstated how hot the Milwaukee Bucks are right
0: now. All right. Well, uh, I would like to make one comment uh, on the last episode about Chris Middleton. I understand that it was very one-sided and that, you know, we really only did discuss negatives regarding Chris Middleton. I appreciate everybody who listened and gave their thoughts. I know some of you didn't agree with it. Uh, Respectfully, those are our opinions. I wanted to get a platform out there to have the negative side of Chris Middleton, Um, I'm not saying I don't dislike him, and I never said that in that podcast either. I think, as I said, I was most worried about the amount of money we were going to pay him. Uh, So, again, thank you for listening. I do appreciate it, Um, and I appreciate everybody interacting with me on Twitter. Uh, You can find me at Jakubitz, at J-A-K-U-B-I-C-Z. You can find the podcast at Bucks underscore radio. And then you can find Derek at Dr. Stark. Uh, And check out his podcast, uh, the Get Stark podcast. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, uh, everywhere you can find the Bucks Leading Radio. Uh, So, hey,
1: thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Cheers.